Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast, episode 111. I'm Jim Reamer, joined with Zach, Tyler. Zach, without saying girls soccer, how oh was boy. your week? What are your thoughts? Anything? Any, I mean, we're going to be a short and sweet this, today, aren't we? Yeah, short and sweet today for me. Because later we're going to have about a two-hour podcast. Nick Baumgart and I. Yeah, without gonna, me. Are gonna, yeah, you're going to be at the Purdue game. So, Yeah, I Thank yeah, thank kick, you, Purdue. We're for you off, yeah, we're that. kicking you off the sectional, the state tournament draw pod. Thank you, Purdue, for scheduling a five thirty game on Selection Sunday. That's or, that's a great <laughs> idea. You don't think they coordinated that? They should have. But Nick and I are gonna we're gonna try. By the time you guys hear this, Nick and I will have already done two. And well, with Nick and me, we tend to go longer, right? Oh boy. <laughs> so I mean, the, the state tournament show is a two hour broadcast. We plan on podcasting live. While recording, manage the number of ways I'll screw that up. But we, we plan on podcasting live for uh, for at least two hours. I'm sure we'll do a little bit of a wrap-up afterward that will last anywhere from five minutes to an additional hour, um, knowing the way Nick and I riff on each other but or riff with each other. But um, So you're going to have plenty of content today. So if you, uh, you're hearing this, and you didn't catch us doing it, doing a live podcast last night and want to hear there will be Oof. a extra podcast uh, probably published along with this one. So we'll have uh, episode 111. We'll have episode 112. And we'll be uh, then then we'll start doing our previews next week. We'll have our 1A and 2A preview and then we'll do our 3A and 4A preview. And now I'm going to let Zach talk and update us on recruiting. It wasn't a very busy week, though, was it? No, not too bad. <clears throat> um, let's see. My guy, Travis Grayson, after his big game Friday night, uh, he got a couple NAI offers, Calumet St. Joe, and then Spring Arbor. Um, let's see. Jalen Bullock from Calumet got a Manchester offer. That's his second D3 offer, I believe. Um, and then Blackhawk guys were busy. Josh First and Gage Sefton, both 20 20- – both 2023 guys got St. Francis offers. So right there in Fort Wayne. Um, one other one I got late last night. Let's see. Oh, Levante Ash from Maryville got an offer from Central Michigan College. It sounds like this is going to be their inaugural season coming up. So he's going to be on that first team, Central Michigan. I'm not sure what that, if that's going to be a Juco or a D3 or what that is. Hmm. Um, and then our Loan commitment this week was Cam Hafner. He's going to Eastern Illinois. Yeah. That one, not surprising. Look, this will be interesting to see how Cam does in the OVC. I think that this was by far his highest level of interest. He is the best I've seen him play was actually one of the, the game uh, against um, um, who did Westfield play that may have been Noblesville without no who was it I'm going to look it up real quick I mean he was brilliant it was, it was one of the games without Braden 
and he was brilliant. And, you know, that was one of those situations where you got to see, you know, him half, not just on display because he's, he's definitely a big part of what they do offensively, but he had to go out and get his own shot and he had to do it efficiently. It's not just something he could go. Uh, let's see. Who was it against? I want to say it was. Might've been. No, I can't. I don't think, I don't think it was at, it wasn't Noblesville. Um, any, anyway, anyway, he had to go out and get a shot and he, and he did effectively it may have been Lafayette Harris. He had to go out and get a shot. He had to be efficient doing it. And, you know, he was, he was good. He's definitely a guy that can get into his own shot. Um, he can, he can shoot it off screens. He can shoot it off the dribble. He could, he could bury people for going underneath ball screens. I'm not sure why you would. I think the one question will be is what's his mid range game. Like at the division one level as teams, figure out that he, he can definitely shoot and we'll, we'll probably chase him over a ball screen or chase him through a screen just in general. Um, he, he cuts hard. He, he cuts with purpose. Uh, he's undersized a little bit for the two, probably in the OBC. Um, I, I don't know how he'll guard quicker guards that, you know, teams play like sort of a two point two combo guard front. I mean, he's going to have some questions, but, but if anybody knows how to get people open, it's, it's Marty Simmons. Big motion guy, lots of off-ball screening action, lots of off-ball player movement. It's a system that definitely Cam will have a chance to be successful. It's it's similar to what they're doing at Westfield. There'll be a lot of pin-down screens. There'll be flares. There'll be ways for him to get shots. I'm not saying he's going to step in as a freshman and you know take the OVC by storm, but he's, he's going to have a chance to be successful because it's a good fit system-wise. Uh, and, you know, the, the connection there is his dad played in college with with coach Simmons there at uh, Evansville after they both transferred in Scott transferred in from Illinois to graduating from Noblesville and Marty graduated from coach Simmons graduated from uh, um, or transferred in from Indiana after graduating from uh, Lawrenceville, uh, Illinois, uh, they're playing for uh, coach Felling who was a longtime Indiana assistant. So, so it's a good fit. It's a good fit. Uh, Personality wise. I know cam can take it. I know Cam can take uh, Marty coaches hard. I know Cam can take that, and he's he's a competitive kid and he plays with a lot of purpose. So, you know, I, um, I, I you know, so good luck to him. I think that's a good situation for him. It's probably as good as it gets for him, as far as fit and style of play uh, at the Division One level, because we didn't really even have him for any D two offers, did we? Uh, not that looking, I remember. Looking back, yeah, I mean, I. And he would have been one of those guys I thought would have been under-recruited, you know, had he not gotten D2 offers. And that's where we need to go with this. Is it – should we start calling out the D2 schools in Indiana for not going after Grayson? I mean, you've been calling them out for a while for not recruiting the state really very well, right? Yeah, well, in fairness, there's only three of them. And one of them's transitioning to Division One here pretty soon. So Right, right. I mean, so there is there is that. I mean, look, you look at – you look at Purdue Cal's roster, they do have a lot of Indiana kids. Um, you know, they've got, they've had some kids that have come through our program as well, but, but at the same time, it, and, you know, and the university of Indianapolis has <laughs> Indiana, you know, has Indiana kids. So it's not like, you know, they're not, 
I guess we got to be careful with um, how exactly I phrase that because that would be the first thing that they would do. It's like all these kids from Indiana on our roster. I mean, um, did they are these kids though that they necessarily recruited from the beginning, or are they kids that transferred in later? Do we know that? No, well, look at UND's roster. Jesse Bingham, they definitely recruited him from the beginning. Ben Nickerson, I believe, is a walk-on who may or may not have earned a scholarship, but you know they play in Nickerson Hall, so that's you know <laughs> literally a gym named after his grandfather. Uh, Aaron Etherington, they recruited him from the start. Um, uh, look at some of the other guys. I mean, they've got some out-of-state guys. Heritage Hills, Murray Becker, Becker. I'm sure they recruited him from the start. Joey Bamba from Bloomington South. They, I know they got in on him late, but they definitely recruited him from the start. I mean, he's an original transfer. Jacoby Robinson transferred over from McKendry. I don't know how hard he was recruited. Um, and then Eric, um, ah, God, I can't remember. I used to know how to pronounce Eric Mo, Moen, Moen Costa's name. Uh, Moen, Mo, Moenkus? I can't remember how to pronounce his name. But sorry, Eric. But he transferred in from Denver University, which I think is Division One, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. You know, they, I think UND probably could do, look, my thing with UND has been, there's been a lot of times they've overlooked Indiana kids, but, but they've also had usually half their rosters, Indiana kids. So it's probably a, it's probably a, a bad criticism, but I don't know why they couldn't be all Indiana kids or at least 90% Indiana kids with as good as the state state is. I I do think they could be more aggressive. Southern Indiana was sort of the same way. Uh, but now they're transitioning to Division One, and you know, so that's a different animal. So I don't know. I come and go on it. I know that when UND has recruited kids, they've done an effective job. That guys we've been at, like that have come through our program, they've done an effective job. So it's not like it's um, it's not like it's something they do half-ass by any stretch of the imagination. Once they're in, they're in, and that 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 is I do like that about that. And I same with Purdue Cal. I mean, they were they have. Um, they targeted Anthony Bernard from Kokomo from the beginning. They knew they were going to trans- transition into Division Two. He was a little under recruited, and they're like, "Look, man, we need you to, you know, be part of this, be part of this situation." So, um, and, I, and I know Purdue, Cal, or Purdue Northwest is what they're called now. Sorry, they get is it? Yeah, they they get a lot of D one transfers too. Yeah, I mean that's to me that's wholly unre- unreliable. And with with the portal being the way it is now, I don't know how effective that's going to be for Division One schools. I guess they'll get some kids that have no other options. Because in the past they would get kids NAI schools the same way. In the past they would get kids that just didn't want to sit. So it was an effective strategy. I don't know how much of a strategy it is now. It certainly has changed with the transfer portal uh, because now kids don't have to sit at least for the first one, right? Right. But I, I guess I just like to see. I, I just don't understand why Travis Grayson isn't getting more love. I mean, I can't imagine he couldn't go to Purdue Northwest and play. Just couldn't imagine it. So and I called him Purdue Cal to begin with. So that's my fault. So anything before we move? I mean, we really didn't have anything to talk about, right? No, not really. That was kind of a off-brand riff right there just with worked out calling, calling out d2 schools yeah geez kind of kind of yeah 
<laughs> I mean, I see Kendall Aldridge a lot, so it's not like he's not out there recruiting Indiana. Right. Yeah. Right. Obviously, the UND staff is see them everywhere, and I see Stan quite a bit too from Southern Illinois or Southern Indiana. So then I've talked to Kendall and Boomer a few times too. So yeah, Kendall's the only one that I know there, but I've not met Coach Roberts. But that's um, I'm sure I'll meet him this spring. So especially when we get to the the top players this week, because I, I had a, I had a fun week. And I guess that's what we're flowing into. We don't have anything else, so we're just going right into uh, top top t- right into our weekly stuff, right? Yeah, let's do it. All right, what's your top game of the week, man? This will be a short one, everybody. <laughs> well, we'll see it. We'll see at the end here. Well, it'll be a short oh. podcast. It'll be just okay. one of our shorter ones. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, top top game for me has got to be Friday night. Yeah, Chesterton, Indiana, Valpo versus Chesterton. Number one versus what? Number seven. And it lived up to the hype. We went to overtime. Say we like I'm part of this, but we it went to overtime. Uh, you were in the gym. I was it went in to the overtime. Oh, you went to overtime. It was nuts. Place was packed. Uh, just a great atmosphere. Both teams or both sides were there. I mean, Valpo students were great. Chesterton students were good. Um, How much snow did they get up in that area? They got less than what we got because we will, okay. we were off we were off two days of school here Wednesday Thursday man in my area um, I guess I asked that because as you man. know I texted both well you you'd already talked to Coach Urban I talked to Coach Urban yeah I talked to Coach Coolman or I texted him and said is your game still on and he's like he's like yeah it's still on he's like if you're coming up you better get here early yeah and he so wasn't lying. And I told him that you were coming instead of me. So I, I figured you'd already set something up. So, yeah, I, I had to park on a sidewalk out by the football fields. So nice. It was, it was bananas, the parking situation. Um, great game. Like I said, great atmosphere. Um, Valpo was right there. It was a lot of the time you were thinking Valpo was going to hold on and get this game. Brees Walls fouls out. Totally different story for Valpo than without him in the game handling the ball. Uh, I, I would say that, that that was probably the difference is Brees fouling out because he had such a solid game, played so hard, did such a nice job distributing, guarding. Uh, he, he even had 10 points, uh, got some nice rebounds, some good steals, pretty big steals actually. Uh, but once he fouled out, uh, Chesterton kind of took that took that over and double teamed the uh, point guard when he came over the, the 10 second line and get Valpo was a little rattled. <clears throat> they didn't really know how to handle that without Brees in there. They still don't have much size. They don't play much size other than Mason, right? Right. I mean, six, I mean they were one, forced six, three. Yeah. Yeah. They were forced to at Carmel because. Moison did get in a little bit of foul trouble and, and, or one of their kids got in foul trouble and, and they did bring a couple of those guys, the bottom part of their roster. And I say the bottom part of the roster, I mean, numerically, typically those are the taller kids, the bigger jerseys. Right. right? right. So um, they guys that I hadn't really prepared to see play were playing uh, and they were battling, but you know, they definitely were missing, you know, they definitely were missing Mason there for that little stretch, but, yeah, I, I guess obviously Tipton or Tipton, Chesterton and, um, and Valpo 
big rivals. Whenever that, not that you think Chesterton would would blow him away, but I guess I was, I guess I was surprised that it. I guess I was surprised that it was an overtime game. That maybe I thought Chesterton would probably win by two or three possessions, and did they ever have that sense of that they could control a game, or or was it just always? You know, to me, I felt like it was always just in the balance. Like anything right. could happen at any second. Any turnover or any steal, anything like that was just going to change the game. And it it, it was, was just – yeah, I felt like nobody was really in control. Yeah. Maybe Valpo a couple times, but like I said, then once Brees went out, it was – that was over for them. It, they just didn't seem like they had a lot of a lot of weapons. Like yeah, they had that was, role play that, – but that was just one game at Carmel. I mean, it's, a, it's an afternoon game on the road two and a half hours away. So – you know, it's not like it's normal conditions, which is why you play games like that, because exactly regionals, regionals. are not normal yeah. co- conditions. Sectionals are not normal conditions, especially if you don't if you don't get the buy, you're playing three games in, in four, what, four days or five days. And then semi-state is not a normal condition because you're typically playing your game in the afternoon. And for 4A, the, the, the championship game is normal other than the pressure of, you know, winning that game. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, Valpo's role players, <clears throat> they had a few guys that, that maybe didn't hit shots they normally would, but but at the same time, you could I was thinking the same thing about Chesterton. They had some dudes that had hit shots the week before when I saw him play Hammond Central and were not even involved in this game. Uh, it was just totally different. Yeah, and that can be sometimes you get kids. I mean, Carmel loses to Warren. One of the, you know, and, and from what I understand, just really struggled mightily in the second half. And I think it's the fourth game this year where they've really struggled. I've seen two of those games where they've really struggled to do anything offensively in the second half. And there's been two others. So you get kids that um, certainly talented because Chesterton's got a ton of talent. They're nine yeah. deep, as best I can tell. Right. Yeah. And they only have five know, guys just, that scored. They've got to be, they've got to be, um, Guys got to realize they're talented. Carmel goes through that too with some of those guys. They they got to realize they're talented. They got to realize they can they can make plays. They don't have to wait on Grayson. They don't have to wait on Sims. In the case of Chesterton, in the case of Carmel, they don't have to wait on Pete. You know, go out there and attack. And and I know that um, attack with the ball, attack without the ball, especially both those teams. Because Chesterton, Valpo is the same way. I love. I mean, I love watching those guys play. Chesterton likes to play a lot faster, of course, but. Or at least it seems they do. But they um, sometimes kids get caught in tight situations and they want their best players to make plays when it's, you know, they could be the ones stepping up. So I didn't go to the Karma Warren game. So I just going by what I've heard. So uh, my game, my best game of the week was Tipton and Oak Hill. And it ended up being pretty Oak Hill pretty convincingly. But I would say that while that game was in doubt through the first few minutes of the fourth quarter, it was as fun of a game as I've seen all year. The pace was 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 really fun. Both guys like to get up. Both teams like to get up and down. And I've seen Oak Hill probably play three or four times or two or three times before that game. And and what they've had going for them is they've been able to run early. They've been looking to run early. But then their opponents have been able to slow them down a little bit as the games have gone on or as the game has gone on. And that's not a criticism. That's just Oak Hill wants to play fast. And as best I can tell, Tipton wants to play fast. 
So nobody was slowing anybody down and it was pretty fun full court basketball. Uh, it was, there was some token pressure, but there was a lot of running off makes. There was running off misses. We're going to get into some of these guys later when I, we get into some of the other player stuff, because um, we'll, we'll just see. Um, you'll, you'll get what I'm saying, but, but uh, you know, Tipton, Tipton's having a really good year. They're going to be a two, a favorite Oak Hills having a really good year. They'll, they'll struggle with the bigger parts of three a well, you know, there we'll see what happens to them. I'm sure they have a shot at winning their sectional. And then from there, it'll be just, you know, who else is in their, in their path. I mean, I look at Tipton and Oak Hill as almost identical in terms of terms of talent, in terms of school size, but they're not, I mean, Oak Hill's three a, so it's just a different landscape, but, but that game was incredibly fun. We're going to talk more about some of the players later, so I won't, um, I won't get too far down that that path right now. But, but anyway, who was, um, who was your best team of the week? I mean, Chesterton probably. Yeah. Well, well, this is probably going to be this game all all three of mine. Uh, Chesterton definitely the best team of the week. Just the fight they they showed and the resilience to to bounce back after getting hit in the mouth a couple times actually in that game against Valpo, they were down five or six, maybe seven points a couple times in that game. And I can't remember if we got to 10 or not an 07, at least eight. It was the they, reverse of what I asked. Valpo was actually the one you, you, you'd mentioned that, but so Valpo yeah. was the one that had the chance to. Yeah, that's what, yeah. But I, and at no point did I ever feel like, Oh man, this is over. Like this is put away. Like Mason Jones played the best game. I've probably seen him play um, attack mode wise. And, confidence wise um yeah like he had 28 points but but travis grayson is the the dude that ended up taking it over but yeah chesterton was the better team uh that this week for me very tough i mean i could have said valpo was the better team also in the losing side of things but but yeah valpo or chesterton found a way to get it done behind grayson and just showed why they're number one and undefeated so far. We have two undefeated teams still in the state, right? Chesterton that... and Monroe Central. Okay. Oh, yeah, because Monroe Central won yesterday with S- they Snyder. Beat, they beat yep. Snyder, yeah. I guess we're going to talk a lot about them when we do our <laughs> 1 and 2A podcast, 1A, 2A preview, right? Yep. Should we, we should probably go see them play sometime, right? Before yeah. I may have to figure that out. Um. My team of the week, I think I'm just going to go with Tindley. I think mostly just because I'm going to try and talk about three different games instead of just just one. Because <laughs> a lot of times we don't do that, which, you know, you're going to – the caliber of game and the caliber of teams you saw makes sense. But Tindley was impressive yesterday against Lawrence Central. They took over from the beginning. They are really – when they get Aaron Humphrey involved, they're – they're gonna they're super tough. They're they're gonna be fun at the one A level. He is he was hitting his shots last night. He was showing his you know he had three point range. His shots looking fluid. He was um, and when he's scoring, they're really hard to beat because he's he basically steps away from the basket when he gets the opportunity and when he's effective out there getting good looks. It opens things up for other guys, especially uh, Jaden Pinkston. Uh, they have. Um, you know, Alondo, Alondo, um, God dang it. I can't, I always <laughs> want to call him Tucker. Why do I do that? Um, 
It's always about it's Orlando Hall. Always about one name an episode for you. It's yeah, it's Orlando Hall. I always want to call him Orlando Tucker. Why? Because that's the guy that played at Wisconsin, right? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darian, Darian <laughs> yeah, Davis, another yeah, Darian Davis, another effective player for them. And then they, I mean, they have quickness all around, so they've got different ways they can attack and score off off a of transition and guys who can finish, you know, especially like Malachi Coaster, and um, and then you know Jaden's brother Jeffrey. They're not twins, but but Jaden's brother's Jeffrey is is a extremely good defender, rebounds well. They've got a lot of pieces. But their main ones are, are Humphrey and, and Pinkston. And, and then for my money, Orlando Hall, because he's he's probably their best overall shooter, at least with Billy Brown injured. And it doesn't look like Billy's going to be available at all this year. So, so they, were, they were the best team that I saw this week, at least based on performance-wise. So who was your best player, Grayson? Just gonna, yeah. Can I just do your part today? Do my part for me, too. Yep. I'll, Other than the fact I'll that you watched you. him play. I'll see you tomorrow or talk to you there later. You go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Travis Grayson took, took the game over at the end when he needed to uh, 20 for 22 from the free throw line. Did he have 40? He had 40 points, half of his many, points from the line. What did Chester, what was the final score? Uh, nice question, but I'll find it. I'll find it. You keep refer talking. back to you. Find, you keep talking. I'll find out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Grayson. Uh, obviously, he's ended up with a couple offers now after this game. I'm not sure why it took this game to – it was 60 to 57, by the way. Yeah. So, but he had 40 it, of their 60. How did – look, <laughs> we were doing this last week, and I was te- I was sending out a couple texts trying to get some confirmation. I hate to do this. To, anytime a kid's recruiting is just completely stalled in the water, you, you do wonder if it's academics – because, you know, at that point you're thinking, well, you know, maybe they're just, you know, maybe he's going to have to go to junior college. He's not wanting to deal with right, it. Right, right. You know, a lot of the junior college stuff happens late, especially yep. after the year because kids are still working to get eligible. Kids got good grades. Yep. He's, he, has, he has good grades. There, there's no reason why Crossroads League, first of all, he's a Division II kid. There's no reason why GLVC teams shouldn't be recruiting this kid. There's no reason why Crossroads League shouldn't be recruiting this kid. It's not like he would go to the Crossroads League at the NAI level and just be a stud all of a sudden. I mean, it's it's still a very competitive. It's a very competitive brand of basketball. I mean, you know, I would Definitely. we want to watch Marion play St. Francis at Marion, and Marion blew the doors off of them. And you know, and they they just thought a couple kids hurt. I think St. Francis did too, though, for that matter. But but. St. Francis isn't very deep either this year. They don't they don't play very many guys. And you and you watch those schools more than I do, but but at the same time, like you said, both both those schools had Division One transfers. Yep. On their roster, Iwu typically has a Division One transfer on their two, roster. Yep, or to two at least. Or yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, and they've got a you know one of their starters, Michael Thompson. He's he's a Division two transfer, so they're getting they're getting guys in that league that are that are talented, and, and many of whom just want to play close to home. But that Grayson doesn't have more offers, and we need to beat that drum even more. But that yeah. Grayson doesn't have more offers, especially from Indiana schools, is is, is ridiculous. It's Calling them all out right now. Boom. Go recruit Travis Grayson. Thank me later. 
I told all those people, probably not the same people because it's been 15 years. <laughs> we tried to get Jason Holsinger recruited by GLVC schools, by, by Crossroads League schools, and they didn't bite. And he went down and had a hell of a weekend in Louisville and had nine Division I offers on the two-hour trip home. And it was over. He went to, he went to Evansville. He was an Indian, ended up being an Indiana All-Star before he went to Evansville. Go recruit Travis Grayson. Just, I don't even coach the kid. Holsinger, I coached. <laughs> Go recruit Travis Grayson. All right, I'm done. I'm soapbox over. Soapbox over. Needed, though. Much needed because Grayson should be recruited by all the people you were saying. It, it, I, don't, I don't know. The, the height was the question. Uh, the the Bulldogs should, the- bulldog should never be a question. Shooting, shooting was a question at one point. I mean, we, I don't want to compare him to Kush. I talk a lot about Kush on the show because of his size and everything and just how much he's dominated at St. Francis his four years there. This, it can be done. I, yeah, I, height. I don't know. I mean, um, yeah. Because I know shooting was an issue, obviously, at one point. But, um, yeah. I mean, I get it when he was a sophomore. Right. But it's gotten better. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, he, his... he, he hit a three last night or Friday and what, night. And what's two, his, threes, what's his, two threes. What's his free throw percentage? Do I have that? Did, hold on. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on max preps uh, or not. So 20 for 22 is not too bad. 20 for 22 is not too bad. 85% from the free throw line. That's what there he's doing. That's what he's doing. 85% from the three-point from the three point line with a, a 3.2 GPA taking AP classes. Eh, you know? I'd say it's a fairly good student. Again, that's the assumption on our part. Well, on my part, I shouldn't lump you into that. It's not fair. When a kid's recruiting is stalled, it's just like, okay, well, maybe there's something there academically. Right, right. Or, yeah, off the court stuff. Yeah. Well, those we your, knew those are two yeah, things. And we knew there's nothing off the court. So. Right, exactly. You know, and I, I will apologize ahead of time to any kid that we that we're presumptuous about, just like we did with Jalen Harrison wondering Harrelson about his age and loved how the kid handled it. I had two other people in the Fishers community message me and say, No, he's young for his grade, and he sent me a message. And I'm cool quite fine with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Grayson, three point two GPA taking AP classes, eighty five percent from the free throw line. Do yourself a favor. Go recruit the kid. All right. My, my best player of the week. I'm going to split the baby. I'm going to name two guys. I'm going to disclose. Anytime I talk about my guys, I'm going to disclose it. I'm going to be a good journalist. Both these kids played for me. <laughs> Both these kids had great games against really good teams. Um, Landon Beagle, 32 points against Tipton. Tipton, one of the top 2A teams in the state. Typically good defensive team, certainly aggressive. 32 points against that game in a a game they won going away where he was definitely the focal point of the offense. Dylan Moles, point guard from Greenfield Central, he had 33 points against Newcastle. Again, Newcastle, very good 3A team. Probably going to be one of the favorites at the 3A level, not just because of their record, but because of their schedule. They're going to be very prepared to, to play, you know, come March. They beat Rebuff last night. I don't know if Rebuff is missing somebody, um, but after rolling through the early part of their schedule this this calendar year, they've kind of struggled a little bit. So, but 
you know, they both those guys had great games this week against really good competition. And I, I mean, one of them was going to be, I left that Tipton game thinking, okay, cool. I'm going to get talked about Landon this week. And then, then Dylan went off, Moles went off and, and had a great <laughs> game against Newcastle. So both those guys are going to split my little player of the week. Cause I don't have the courage to just name one of them <laughs> about that. Uh, but you know, Beagle Beagle, I bet had seven or eight rebounds, which is right around his average. And, and I know that uh, Dylan had, uh, I say, no, now I'm going to guess. I think he had, it was either four assists or five assists, but then Greenfield central shot second game in the row. They've shot a ridiculous amount of threes. I mean, made a ridiculous amount of threes. And they just kind of bombarded, bombarded Newcastle, even though they could never put Newcastle away. Every time Newcastle would get close, <laughs> Greenfield would hit two or three threes in a row. And he's just like, wow. Jeez. So at that point, they were, they were swapping out uh, threes for twos there for a stretch. So um, promising prospects, any? I mean, you can, you can name your guy from Valpo again, if you want, but anybody no. else, any freshmen or sophomores that you saw this week, I've got, oh. I've got some great names. Uh, I'll uh, Johnny Washington from. Uh, oh God. Yeah. Concordia last night was really he, good. Yep. He is really good. Um, He's my, probably my favorite sophomore <laughs> guard. He played really well. I was glad to get to see him. I went over to see him and, uh, uh, Cole Hayworth for for Concordia, but I want to see Luke McBride also because he had a heck of a game and he's he's really gotten better uh, from a few years ago when I remember seeing him for the very first time. But uh, a Johnny Washington from Concordia, really nice guard, really nice jumper, gets inside the three point line and can just rise up and hit on you. Uh, got to the line a couple times. Uh, didn't hit any threes last night. Shoot the shot looks good though, uh, so it's there. Rebounded well, made some good plays assist wise. Uh, so he's definitely somebody that coaches need to have on the radar. I'm sure they already do. Um, moving forward, but Johnny Washington, he was a he'd point guard for Concordia last night. Luke McBride did, had a really good game. He's a junior, but right. I'm gonna talk about him a little bit just because of seeing him for the first time this year. Uh, solid also. Good size on him already. Scored it well. Uh, hit free throws as well. Like Travis can hit from outside. You can't leave him open. He also rebounded well. He defends really well as well. Makes makes good plays. Uh, getting guys open as well. I'm gonna McBride. I'm gonna name a couple guys too, just because we're getting to the end of the year. Yep. And plus, we're on the same team, so I think everybody kind of knows who Nolan Swan is at Tipton. I think he's their, right now, their best all-around player. I mean, he, I don't know that he has the highest ceiling, but I'm going to get to that here in a minute. But he is their best all-around player. He definitely makes them go. 17 points a game, close to six assists a game this year. I mean, he was he was awfully good, especially, especially early against Oak Hill. I, I was wondering how, if Oak Hill was going to be able to how they were going to guard him because he was I mean he's not as athletic he's not as long as Braden Smith but he's got the same sort of disposition where you know he can hit shots he can get in the teeth of the defense he's finding people 
and he leads their team in assists with five, just under six assists per game. And as good as he was, and he deserves the praise, but as good as he was, I was floored by how good Grady Carpenter was for Tipton, 6'4 freshman. He is effectively their point guard. And while Swan has more assists than him per, on a per-game basis, I've never seen a freshman, especially at 6'4, dissect a team in transition, dissect a team in the half court as well as Carpenter did. And really, we're talking about like Swan was doing, I mean, Swan was making good decisions, making good having getting in the teeth of the defense, doing what point guards do. Carpenter was finding people from the, you know, from outside the three point line. I mean, he was making diagonal passes through the zone, <laughs> through, through Oak Hill zone. And they, they run a couple of them just like a senior. I mean, it just was incredible vision. I mean, he's the best passer I've seen this year, not named Braden Smith, six, four freshman who's averaging right around 8.8, looking at max preps here, over four rebounds a game and nearly five assists a game for a freshman. Yes. And Nolan Swan was starting to get some starting to get some praise, which he deserves. But then I went and wa- I was watching Tipton and I was like, no, Carpenter has the higher ceiling. I mean, this is a good problem to have if you're Tipton. But I, now a lot of a lot of his development will be based on how much more he grows. He looks like he's got some more, he's got some more growing to do. He's six, 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 seven. I mean, those two inches mean a lot when it comes to recruiting. And he's able to be that kind of a primary playmaker. You know, he may, he'll be a kid at Tipton that scores a lot, but maybe in college, he may be a guy that doesn't score a ton, maybe not a first or second option, but the way he handles it, the way he sees the floor, the way he passes it. I mean, Tipton has had a nice run of guys over the years. Uh, this is as good a trio. I mean, this is as good a trio. You know, you're looking also at their senior, Nate Powell who leads them in scoring and rebounding. But I, it's those two guards that make them go. And, you know, Powell's works. He's 6'4". He's undersized, kind of an undersized power forward. But uh, I was super, super impressed with Carpenter. Especially, I mean, at first I was impressed with Swan, but then I was super impressed with Carpenter with the way he was making decisions in a big game for them. And then um, just – you kind of think, okay, well, yeah, I had heard they started a freshman, so that was part of the reason why I went. They're playing yep. Oak Hill, a kid I coach is there. Both teams are really good, so there was a lot of good reasons to go to that game. And then Carpenter just completely blew me away. I know he didn't probably score as you know shoot as well as he wanted to that game. I know there were some moments where he was expressing some frustration, but he was as impressive as a freshman could be without just being – I mean, he's definitely the third best freshman I've seen this year. You know, Harrelson and Sisley. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, if we go back and start looking at lists, which we're about, you know, we're going to do once the season's over and start compiling and putting together rankings and things like that, that he's going to be the third best freshman. But of all the freshmen I've seen this year, he is by far the third best. And he he impacts games. And he impacted that game. It's just that Oak Hill had too many weapons and and too many guys playing, playing well that game. And, and then, of course, Landon went off and Beagle went off and, and had a great game on his own. So, so those two guys are promising prospects. And I, I just was, it was a fun game. 
And that was my top game of the week. Clearly, I've already stated that, but that was a fun game. And a lot of it was just seeing these young guys play. And and other than Powell, for both teams, not a lot of seniors. Tipton does start a 6'8 senior, but, you know, he kind of comes and goes, I think, on how effective he is. You know, I think they'll miss his presence next year. But I think they'll figure out a way to um, distribute Powell's scoring across other guys because they also start another they also start another sophomore um his first name here jackson money who um, i you know think those those two uh, he'll be compliment carpenter and swan extremely well for the next two years so <sighs> anything before we move on i don't think so i think i covered the guys i wanted to talk about yeah all right well let's get into our reads and then we'll close her out all right, Box Out Sports is leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds. To highlight your team and student athletes this season, you can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Thank you for listening to the Courtside Indiana podcast. If you listen every week, we appreciate it. If not, please hit that subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate a rating and review. Definitely would love a five-star rating. hundred percent of our ratings are five-star. Awesome. Don't be that guy that doesn't give us a five-star rating. Yeah. Don't be that guy. At least somebody go there and give us a one-star just to upset me, but yep, yep. you can reach us directly on our, on our uh, social media courtside, Indiana on Twitter and Instagram. That's courtside IND on both platforms courtside IND. What, what games are you looking for? This is our last week, right? Yeah, last week. I think I'm going to try to keep it kind of local this last week. Um, are you? I've got Gary 21st is going to be at Culver Academy. I mean, say that's local. That's 40 minutes for me, so that's kind of local. That's local. That's local. Uh, might try to get over and see the Washington this week. They just come off a big win yesterday, beat Northwood, knocking them off. Uh, they play Laporte. I haven't seen Laporte this year. Uh, just a couple games. I've been kind of checking out local. I mean, tomorrow's President's Day, so most schools are off, right? Or all schools are off, right? Yeah, we're yeah we're off for sure. I mean, I don't know. These will be decent. These will be decent games. Fort Wayne Lures at Noblesville tomorrow at one thirty. Chittard at Ritter at three thirty. May may show up for those. Not sure if I'll go to a an evening game or not, but I'll figure it out tomorrow. See what game I'm looking forward to this week, though. I, I don't didn't know that there was. I mean, Penn Mishawaka will be pretty good, won't it? Warren Central Pike Tuesday night. Penn Mishawaka will not be good. Will not be good. No. I thought heck had that going. No. <laughs> Twelve and eight, man. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve and eight. North Central Fishers Tuesday night. This was the schedule I read off last week, then realized they had the wrong week, right? Leo Blackhawk, Fort Wayne Blackhawk. That'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. Cathedral at Zionsville. That's the game I was going to Tuesday night. There we go. Cathedral at Zionsville Tuesday night. Uh, let's see, Wednesday. There's just a lot of – normally there's not a ton of games. Usually teams are done by Tuesday, Wednesday, but there's been a lot of rescheduled, right, because of the yeah some of the weather situations we've had. Not a whole lot going on Wednesday night unless I see something here at the last minute. Tech at Kokomo will be okay. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. When's the next trivia night, man? You got to have a banger of a game to get me to get away from trivia. Got Lalamere Blue coming down to Carmel. Yeah. Early night, early six o'clock. Blue. Blue. Somebody else just beat Blue, I thought. I just found out. I just saw last night somebody was calling me out on Twitter for criticizing Lalu, ducking out on Cathedral. Like, eh, what? You know, he said they did uh, Cathedral a favor by not showing up. No, you know what? (laughs) Show up and play. Right. Prove it. Show up and play. Maybe their bus broke down. Sure. That drive from Laporte to Hammond can get pretty hairy, right? I mean, especially yeah, it's, it's con- considering Cathedral came from Indianapolis. It's it's two roads. Yeah. All interstate, baby. Friday night. Are there games Friday night? There's a lot of games Friday night. We, I clearly have not planned. Tons of games. Not planned this week very well, but beyond Cathedral and Zionsville. Will that Harrison-Lebanon uh, game be good? Yeah, it should be. It's just two teams I know a lot about, I guess. Norwell Homestead Friday night. Tech Ben Davis. Yeah, there's a lot of good games on Friday that aren't normally played on Friday. Then Saturday, what big Knox Laville game? Yeah, that's I'll be at my home school there for. I may be up for that. Knox Laville. I may be up for that. We don't want to tease any kind of live broadcast or live podcast from that game, do we? I don't think we're doing that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna we have enough to podcast next week with our with our previews, right? That's true. We have we're gonna have like four hours of podcast next week because we have to. Ugh. All right, Zach, we're done. We didn't quite wasn't quite our shortest podcast. We sort of took our time <laughs> here with this upcoming game stuff, but we we managed to squeeze in forty five minutes for everybody. So welcome. All right, man. (laughs) Have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening.